0: Stop playing by society's rules, because if you do what's normal, you get normal results. And normal results are broke, broken, you know, unhealthy, disease-ridden, overweight.
1: Welcome to Bullish, where we talk about the journey and process to build ourselves and companies into multi-billion dollar people and brands. Currently, my business and investment funds have done tens of millions in revenue. And this is the documentation of the journey to scale to the billion dollar realm. All while we give back and do good in the world. My name is Bridger Pennington, welcome to Bullish.
0: Brandon Thornhill, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me.
1: Yeah, good to have you on. So former Navy SEAL, now investor, entrepreneur. You run a great podcast show. You got an awesome family. You guys focus on incredible stuff. So this podcast, we're going to talk about all sorts of cool things about how, first off, your career. Thank you for your service, by the way. And then how that's transitioned to, you know, domestic life and then how that works with the family. And we're gonna talk about all this kind of stuff. So if you can though, give us a, you know, 30 seconds on you. Like why, why should people give us kind of background on you? If you can give us kind of a summarized boilerplate of, of you, what's your, obviously your, your military experience, but also your entrepreneur experience. Give us that kind of background.
0: Yeah, real quick. I um, was a Navy SEAL for 12 years, military for 14 years. I uh, was putting students through Hell Week back in 2015. Uh, got, got started in a direct sales game. Was literally able to quadruple my income part-time, working around sometimes a hundred hours a week and um, paid off over you know, $40,000 in credit card debt within our first year. And that, in that platform and um in 2018 got out and started taking all that money that we were making and Mm. and tossing it into events to grow us me and my wife both of us we Mm. wanted we know that in order to you know get what you want in life you have to become the best version of you right so we knew that if we invest into us we're the number one asset against inflation against a recession so if we can grow us everything else follows yeah and so from there we started going to masterminds networking like crazy making friends in many different arenas and um and, and then start taking the money we're making and also investing into real estate private equity mm-hmm. um you I mean you name it we were trying to we were trying to really diversify our portfolio and uh, i just saw so many people who were who were making a lot of money and spending a lot of money trying to yeah. keep up with the joneses and so us running a big team too i wanted to be able to make sure that we could help um our team not make those same mistakes step on those same landmines as everybody else so yeah. Okay. I love it. Well, I mean, actually on this, so you've mentioned $40,000
1: of credit card debt. Yeah. That's as you were, I mean, you've been in the military for a number of years. People, I think, I would think, you know, a a Navy SEAL, you guys are probably getting paid decent, if not pretty well, at least you should be. But is that not the case? What's kind of the pay for an average, you know, an average SEAL or someone of your experience in the military and it's obviously you're racking up some debt. So what was going on there?
0: You know, we get paid a little bit better than the average person because you get like dive pay, demo pay, all that stuff, Mm. right? Explosive, you know, jump pay. Do you get
1: paid by how much qualifications you have? Yeah. Oh, it adds to your like, extra qualifications. Okay, cool.
0: So we were getting paid extra, but you know, the military is a guaranteed paycheck, guaranteed paycheck, but it's also guaranteed not to pay very much money. Let's Mm. be
2: honest, you
0: know, unless (laughs) you're like a, you know, a high-ranking officer. I was only an E6, which is like a Mm. middle-ranking enlisted guy. And so, you know, I was making probably five or six grand a month back then. Mm. So not very much money, but we lived in Europe for a couple of years. I was stationed in Germany. And Germany is amazing because it's like almost in the middle of Europe and it's really easy to travel. And we got a vacation, uh, literally one weekend of every month we'd have a three day vacation. Mm. And so I literally like
1: and it's quick, this short flights to everywhere, short probably. flights, yeah. but
0: that adds up, you know, you're not, mm. you're not making much money. Um, and so our excuse in our mind was, Hey, you know what? We only get to live here once. Why not mm. do it? We'll figure it out later. And it's going to cost a lot more money to travel from the States to come up to some of these awesome locations. And so we'd either drive down or fly down, but the hotels all stuff added up. So it put us forty thousand dollars in credit card debt, 18% interest. Jeez. And um, yeah. you know, but the, the crazy thing is, is that was the second time I had been in debt like that. Mm. The first time was uh back in two thousand, so that was two thousand fifteen. And then in two thousand twelve, right when we had gotten married, uh, me and my wife, we um We went to Bora Bora, lived it up like this amazing thing, spent Mm -hmm. way too much money. We put ourselves probably about $20,000 in debt. Mm, And the crazy thing is, is I went on deployment, came back. So I went to Afghanistan, came back. And then I started telling myself like, hey, I need to find something that I can do extra to start making money. Mm. And instantly I was, um, my my good friend of mine, he introduced me to this thing called Extreme Seal Experience. And this guy was paying me um, some really great money to go instruct these students, these civilian students on like a seal program. Oh
1: yeah. I've been to a couple of those. They like teach you how to use guns and move and like clear a house. And yeah. Stuff. All of yeah, it. Yeah. Fun. yeah. So were, very fun.
0: we were doing that and yeah, yeah, yeah. But that was extra. I had to take off leave from the military to go do it, mm. but I paid it all off within two months. Mm, wow. And cool. then fast forward to 2015, same thing, got back and we're like, I don't know how we're going to do this, but we'll figure it out somehow. Yeah. I started putting out there in the universe and literally within you know a year of doing my direct sales business, paid off all the debt.
1: Yeah. Really cool. I love that. What a cool, that's interesting. Yeah. The kind of the ups and downs of debt and then getting out of debt to most, um, well, actually let's back up a little bit. Sorry. Uh, well actually give us your story a little bit. I think it's, it's interesting. I've never had a Navy SEAL on my show. Walk us through this. I think Navy SEAL is like the, the coolest, most sexy thing that people talk about, but from the outside looking in like, whoa, like the Navy SEALs are like insane. Right. And walk me through your experience of wanting to even join the military in the first place. Give me that background. Yeah. So yeah. A childhood thing. Was it something that happened in early college, adolescent years? What was that?
0: No. So yeah, childhood. So basically I grew up in a small town in Ohio, like went to a school, graduated with like 74 people in my class, something mm-hmm. like that. Um, but everything was super competitive back then. So, you know, everything we did was I played football, basketball, baseball, and then ran track in between baseball games. So it was, everything was a competition. All my friends were constantly just wanting to compete. And so that was really ingrained into me at a really young age. And then I got introduced to the Navy SEALs through um, a video game called SOCOM. And mm-hmm. I wasn't even, I wasn't a gamer, but my friend was playing the game and there was like a 30 minute teaser video at the beginning of the game. Mm, yeah. And so I walked in as he was playing, I was like, what is this teaser? Let's watch this. And it was them, it was, it was this awesome, like highlight video of everything they're doing. Then it went through the program of basic underwater demolition SEAL training. Mm-hmm. And it talked about how that's the toughest military training in the world. Hmm. that planted a huge seed that that really i just started diving and you know we used to have back then dial up internet that you had to do all this search <laughs> on there was no navy seals in my mm-hmm. area that you could just call up a recruiter and say hey you know i'd love to be a seal can i go talk to one yeah and so i had to so do the all...
1: challenge really attracted you like the this ch- is the hardest thing most intense most competitive thing in the military like yeah. i want to do that
0: i want to do that mm. and so i started i didn't even barely know how to swim Mm. My wa- my my mom at the time she worked at Honda transmissions on the factory line, and there was a, a rec center that had a pool there, mm. and we didn't have a pool at my small school. Yeah, and so um, I was able to. Like right around, I think I think I got introduced to it at, when I was in the eighth grade. But then probably probably like my sophomore year, I really started training hard on it. Hmm. And they had this Buds Warning Order that was a that was a whole program that had all the physical fitness hmm. portion of a of like a twenty week program. Oh, cool. Along with the swimming and the running. Yep. And so keep in mind I'm playing sports, but I went. So what I did is I, I had a car and I would drive to the rec center at um like wake up at five thirty, be there by six six fifteen in the morning. And teach myself how to do their side stroke swim. Okay, I'll cool. go up to the lifeguards. I'm like, hey, how do you how do you do a side stroke? They're like, what's that? <laughs> yeah,
1: that's awesome. And
0: and I'd look it up online. Yeah, you know, back then, and there was barely anything out there, and mm. so there was just a couple forums. And so I finally found something that could teach me a little bit, but I'd have to read it and then go do it. Read it and go do it. So every morning I'd wake up, I'd go practice. Yeah, and they had this thing called drown proofing. This is where you put your feet in your hands. Your your feet are tied and your hands are tied behind your back, mm. and you just bob at the nine foot section. <laughs> so, what are you, sixteen years old, tying
1: yourself up and jumping? Well, I the didn't. Pool or what?
0: I didn't tie. I just acted <laughs> like. Right? Oh, okay so, okay. so, yeah, yeah, yeah. And so this, these people thought I was crazy.
1: Oh, I'm sure the lifeguards like, what is this kid doing here every day in the morning? I Literally, love that. yeah.
0: And so, so anyways, I I trained and um, come fast forward to my so 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 as I was playing sports, I would do the swimming portion in the morning I'd make sure I had some sort of weightlifting or gym class Mm -hmm. inside of each one of my um, school curriculum and that would be when I would do the physical portion like the weight training and all that and then at nighttime I'd go to school or sorry my my sports session and then after if I had time I would work on anything else that I felt like I needed to work on and sorry, this was like
1: a Bud's junior training program. It was, just, or?
0: it was my program. Or
1: you just had thought this up. I was oh, just okay. so
0: excited about it. Oh, I was like, okay, I'm going to cool. do this. And I was doing it by myself. There's nobody else in my school that want to do this. Yeah.
1: Hey, hey, what's going on people? Hope you're enjoying the show. This is Bridger Pennington here. So if you've liked the show so far, if you're more of a visual learner, we actually post almost all of these to YouTube. So if you go look me up, Bridger Pennington on YouTube, we're there. we actually have a ton of different content on funds and different business structure and strategy stuff that we kind of don't touch on on the podcast, but are more visual based stuff. So if you're a visual learner, go to YouTube and go check me out, Bridger Pennington on YouTube. With that, we'll get back to the show. Thanks guys.
0: And so long story after wow. all that happened, finally, I got, I got a, a contract to go into the Navy mm-hmm. and I graduated. And Hold on,
1: before you get out of high school here, yeah. what kind of, I mean, most 16-year-olds, 15-year-olds don't have this level of discipline.
2: Yeah.
1: What, was it just this thought of like, I'm going to be the best, I'm competitive, I'm going to do this? What, what do you think drove that level of discipline for you at you know a middle
0: middle school, high school age? Man, I don't know. I think it, like I said, I just grew up really competitive. Like mm-hmm. we were, when we grew up, that was the Michael Jordan era. That was, you know, all the, the Charles Woodson's that, I mean, that was just what I felt like everybody did. They were super competitive mm-hmm. and come to find out that's not the reality. But I guess maybe it was the environment that I was in as well, because the friends that I was in, you know, they were all super competitive as well. They weren't as disciplined necessarily as I was, I guess. I just t- took things to the extreme. But I also took things in high school to the extreme on the opposite side too. I'd work hard and play hard. Mm. You know, I, my mom and dad got divorced when I was like in the first grade. So my mom worked a Honda transmissions on the factory line. And you know, half the time she's working from 2 p.m. till 2 a.m. I'm raising myself kind of, mm. right? Yeah. Like, you know, and so with that comes some potential bad things. So I could have went down a really bad yeah. road or a really good road. So I had two different friends, the party And friends, what do you think was
1: the difference But to take you down a good road?
0: Well, a great example would be when I was in the seventh grade, I was out literally partying, you know, drinking, everything in the seventh grade. And um, it was all, it was July, coming up on football season, we're getting ready to go into football camp. And I made the decision on the seventh grade that I wasn't going to play football that year. Mm-hmm. I was just going to go party. That would have been like devastating, mm-hmm. completely yes. down the wrong That's path. That's a different route, yeah. And so I again I th- I could keep coming back to environment because as the saying goes you're at, you're the average of the five people you hang out with the most like mm-hmm. you know all that stuff is so true but I had a guy who called and asked hey where's Brandon practices starting today mm-hmm. and it was a coach uh, and and literally I'll never forget it dude like he came and picked me up at the pool said get my ass in the car mm-hmm. I got in the car and I went to practice and that probably like saved me from. Cause that those individuals that were there that i was hanging out with they all went to jail you know for drugs and mm, all this yeah. stuff and so and then i went and started so hanging one out coach
1: with me. said yeah. i'm gonna go find brandon found you at the pool yeah picked you up
0: picked me up brought him, him up. and his son said get get in the car totally to practice, changed, changed your every
1: life wow that's wild
0: it is it is i owe that guy a lot it's pretty wild so
1: I think today, if I went and picked up a seventh grader just off the, you know, I think I'd get thrown in, I'd get thrown well, in jail. But You know, he was a coach. Yeah, you, right? Yeah, he knew who you were. So though, I,
0: yeah. I was playing, I was playing for him previously. You know, actually, sorry, it was the eighth, growing into the eighth grade. It was yeah. the seventh grade I played for him a year before. I feel
1: like that time that, yeah, the eighth grade, seventh, eighth grade is where just kids and just people go off track. It's really sad. I just, I have friends that were great kids and whatever, something happened in their life was with parents, it was a divorce. It was maybe just nothing, but besides bad friends. But I feel like seventh, eighth, ninth grade is crucial for some kids to go down a bad path and some kids go down a
2: good path. It is Very man. interesting. It's
0: like like the saying goes you hang around the barbershop for long enough, you're bound to get a haircut. And so, mm-hmm. like, I was hanging around the wrong people. And so, when I, went, I started hanging around these other people who were just as competitive as I was, it helped mm-hmm. me level up my competition thermostat. And so, I guess my whole point with saying all that is that really, anytime I made a decision to go all in on something, I was all in. Like, yeah. I didn't play around. And so, that's. I think that was the, the the determining factor on that.
1: My business partner over here, Mason, uh, he was this way in, I think sixth grade, seventh grade. He was big into Kobe Bryant. Oh yeah. mama mentality. And just the, I want to ask you this question about if you had somebody, but he had Kobe Bryant as his mm. guy. And he would study Kobe, watch videos of how he just drilled and used his workouts, and his regimen, how he dealt with his team. And he put that into himself in seventh grade. And then eighth grade and ninth grade, he had this incredible level of discipline. And it really was stemmed from the thought of I'm gonna be just like Kobe Bryant as a basketball player. And my business partner, Mason, ended up breaking a bunch of high school records for three-point shooting. an incredible basketball player, did very well. Um, But it came, it literally, if you, you stem back through him, it really came back to this thought of, I'm highly competitive and I wanna, I'm like, I'm gonna follow Kobe Bryant, this Mamba mentality. When you were that age, did you, you mentioned friends were very competitive, you had this thing, but did you have someone or a thought, I mean, you saw this video game of you wanted to be this Navy SEAL but what was the thought or the thing that drove you to that level of discipline as a kid
0: yeah, we all watched well i can't say all of us but i watched michael jordan growing up i mean obviously he's you know to me my opinion he's the goat and then as he kind of started phasing out alan iverson came into the photo mm-hmm. i was a big alan iverson fan just because he was so small but he had so, so much fight in him mm-hmm. and um and then charles woodson you know i'm from ohio so i was a michigan fan
2: mm-hmm. <laughs> naturally
0: cool. right everyone it's funny all oh, my family hates me because of it but, but uh yeah so like Charles Woodson being one of the best i mean when you when you when you hear of the amount of time that guy watched film when you just the, the due diligence that that guy would do even before going into the game it was incredible hmm. um Deion Sanders yeah you know all the greats right I love that yeah but yeah i mean but then my high school coaches and and again my junior high coaches they weren't easy on us they they expected yeah. you know a high level of discipline like hmm. Like I remember my sophomore year playing basketball and we showed up just a couple minutes late to practice. And my basketball coach made us do sprints for an hour and a half. Hmm. Yeah. That was like the level of discipline that they, that they, you know, they required.
1: I think it's, I was actually talking to a couple of neighbors. I go to a church here and there's uh they have like, there's actually a good amount of youth in our, our, we call it a ward. And, uh, these boys that are 11, 12, 13 years old, we have a big chunk of them. There's like 12, 15 of them. And it was funny. I was talking to my neighbor about this and he, and, you know, for a time, these boys are pretty sloppy. I guess you'd say they have duties at church. They've got to show up or they're going to set the chairs. They like have all these duties for these boys to do at church. And I was talking to the guy that oversees the boys. He goes, he was like, he goes, you have boys need, they don't just want or can have, they need a sense of duty. Boys need, and they will rise to the level of sense of duty that you give them, or they will fall to the level that you don't allow. Or the, and you can go through all the levels of discipline, but even at a church level, or a, it's especially boys that are in sixth, seventh, eighth grade, ninth grade, that range. And I'm sure you guys didn't show up late much after that practice. No, not at all. You did the same thing, whether it's a church group, whether it's your own kids, whatever. But I think it's a big deal with, especially men, men rise or fall to what they're needed um, and where they're needed. Yeah. And it's very interesting to see that psychology with men, especially.
0: Yeah. When I'm coaching people, especially in the business world, I tell them, listen, if you raise the bar too high, you lose the losers. If you mm-hmm. raise the bar too low, you lose the winners. Mm. And so at the end of the day, you have, to, you have to at least level up the standard, the basic standard of, of you know, expectations for every single person's coming into your organization. And when I say that, I'm not saying like, you should raise it so high that you're gonna lose everybody. Mm-hmm. The point of it is, is just raise it high enough to where you're only as fast as your slowest guy or girl. So like, raise it high enough so that, you know, you can, you can raise the standard of your whole culture of your organization, mm-hmm. you know?
1: Hey, hey guys, hope you're enjoying the show. Now, as you know, we don't run advertisements on this channel. We just spread this by word of mouth. So if you can, please rate and review the show. If it's benefited your life anyway, please drop that down below. I actually love reading them. I love seeing what people say and share and stuff. So if you guys can, if this show has helped you in any way, shape, or form, please rate and review and share this with a friend or two that may benefit their life. We do this just to help more people understand this game that we're playing. Thank you guys so much, and we'll get back to the show. So sorry, you get this shot, you have the month trial with the guy, then change your orders, you're then on buds and uh walk us through that
0: yeah so um funny i had a i had a girlfriend a fiance at the time i was young got engaged very quickly Mm. and you know we go out go out to san diego and you know going through the training and she's constantly every single night telling me to quit and come home Mm. every night that's hard man man. it was so annoying and so but but i was in the environment i had some of the top guys you know that some of my best friends now
2: mm-hmm.
0: that i went through some of the toughest training in the world with and so I, you just naturally gravitate towards certain personalities and so you know we're all together we're all in we finally have our chance and it's so funny though as you're going through the program you start to kind of see the guys and so i've been through both sides i've went through the training and then i was an instructor in the training
2: mm-hmm. so you get
0: to see the personalities yeah, yeah. because i put students through the first phase yep. process so first phase is um we call it you know Three weeks and a long day. There's more to it afterwards. I think it's, I can't remember. It's like eight or nine weeks. But um, crazy. I 3
1: It's got three weeks in a long day, but it's actually eight weeks. So well,
0: it's, that? it's crazy. It, that, it's crazy because my, I was instructor there for like 15 classes, almost three years. I can't remember. I think it was like nine, nine weeks. Mm-hmm. But um, so three weeks is really just meant to break you down. Mm-hmm. It's really just meant to just prep you for Hell Week. Mm-hmm. So all of our evolutions that we were doing was really just meant to kind of wear and you know get you worn but also get you prepped to go into the to the five and a half days really our crucible so you you start um on sunday night something called breakout at 9 p.m 10 p.m something like that any, anywhere between 9 and 10. Mm-hmm. and then uh it's chaos from there for five and a half days you're constantly cold wet sandy and tired mm-hmm. there's almost never a period where you're not wet and mm-hmm. San Diego, people think san diego yeah it's hot i mean Dude, it gets cold out there. Yeah, it's cold. Water's cold. Yep. There was times when I was an instructor there in this, in December, we were putting students through a whole Week. And there was like 17 knot winds, gusting to 30. Boats were almost flying off dudes' heads because you were you're running with a boat on your head mm-hmm. as a boat crew. And the weather was like in the upper 30s. And we're still getting them wet with mm-hmm. hoses. Yeah. I, I was getting them wet with a hose and my hand yeah. was freezing. Oh, I was like, oh, this sucks. Yeah. Um but so that the hell week is is just that man it's 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 you don't get you start on sunday night you don't get your first nap until wednesday Hmm. you get two hour nap on wednesday two hour nap on thursday and you finish friday jeez which i've
1: from other people i've listened to that is the sleep is the i mean the sleep is the they say the best form of interrogation is just no sleep and all these things about sleep and sleep deprivation is a huge deal and
0: yeah yeah, you That's start to you, you guys will start hallucinating mm. or probably like Wednesday night. You start to see guys hallucinating a little bit, mm. um, especially like Thursday night where they do this long boat tour. Uh, like they have to paddle their boats around all of the San Diego, you know, from where we're at in and in Coronado all the way up to like, um, the North part of the Island. And mm-hmm. then all the way back around, I think it's something like 20 some miles total. Mm-hmm. It's not more, but, um, the yeah, I do is to start the listening because you have a little bit of time away from the instructors. <laughs> you got
1: any good stories of guys listening, doing weird stuff?
2: Well,
0: yeah. I mean, I have a guy, literally, when I was going through the training, we're paddling and you get in a cadence, you're like, row, row, mm-hmm. row. And, but, you know, you're doing this for hours. I mean, it's, you start like 7 p.m. You don't finish until probably, I don't even know, 10 or 11 a.m. the next, the next mm-hmm. day. Oh, wow. Jeez. But you, but you have checkpoints, right? Mm-hmm. And so I, I just remember it was probably like 2 a.m. and there was our coxswain who has a little paddle on the back, a little right, he's holding his his Mm. paddle and that's using it as the rudder. And all of a sudden like we're paddling and the boat's like going right. And then we keep, I'm like, what are you doing? Wake up. he's like, I'm awake. The, The rudder's not working. I'm like, what do you mean the rudder's not working? I look back and he doesn't have his paddle. <laughs> He's <laughs> oh, just geez. asleep and he dropped the paddle. So oh, we're like doing about, about to do circles, you know? <laughs> so it's funny little silly stories like yeah, that. Yeah. Or some guys will look, they're like, hey, do you see, guys, watch out. We're about to hit that building. I'm like, what do you mean? There's we're, we're in the middle of the bay. There's no building. What are you mm-hmm. talking about? No, guys, the building. And we're like smacking, like wake yeah. up. <laughs>
1: <laughs> That's awesome. So you mentioned you were getting into it. Yeah, as an instructor as well you saw this guys that made it guys that don't make it what's yeah. the biggest difference
0: um i think it's always why you know as they say like the stronger the why the how if you're at why strong enough to how is easy you know the guys like when i was instructor i would ask the students why are you here and some guys would just say oh you know because my country or this and that and i just know it's so surface that they're probably not going to make it mm. and funny enough i would even see some super athletes come through our program as an instructor like you're like dude this guy is like an amazing athlete but he he's always been an individual athlete Hmm. he's never been a team sport athlete Hmm. or something like that so like the guys who really do well are the ones who are able to focus on the man next to him Hmm. and really make it more about performing for them than themselves because you'll you'll never if you have that mentality you never quit on somebody else but you'll quit on yourself Hmm. you know and so that's what i've seen the guys who have the the we mentality over the me mentality, most of the times they'll make it, unless, you know, that person that has the me mentality is just so egotistical and so prideful that, you know, they're just they'll die before they're willing to give up. Mm. But if that is the person, over time we see it through evolutions. Because you'll see a guy who comes in and, and he crushes the physical individual run, or but when we get under the logs, you'll start to see him when you have six other guys with you, you start to see him giving up and letting the other guys carry his weight. Mm. And you, as an instructor, it's obvious. And so that's the person you come in and you hone in on. People think you can just make it, you can just survive the training. No, you got to perform mm. and you got to be willing to be a team player. And if not, we'll pull you out because you're a hazard to the team.
1: Gotcha. I didn't realize that. So if someone you just survive, it's still not good enough. No, you got to be a high performer on the training as well.
0: Yep. You have
1: to. So at the end, you have a selection at the end or kick sometimes kick people out, even if they just survive the whole hell week.
0: If they survive the hell week, I mean, then they, then they made it through. we're seeing them
1: oh mid mid midweek we're seeing people yeah we're Mm -hmm. seeing them
0: through the through the the program like we're watching them and we're constantly coming up to them talking to them and if we have to remove them from from the evolution and talk to them multiple times we'll give them warnings. and say dude you got one more more chance Mm -hmm. you better step up perform for your team stop ducking boat you know whatever because if you have the boat on your head it hurts Mm -hmm. and if but everybody carries the same weight as you're running right Mm -hmm. the boat's just pounding your head Somebody starts to do this. Now everybody else is taking the weight.
1: Oh, and they're not hitting it. Yeah, they're not yeah, hit, yeah, it's not
0: touching your head. So if we constantly mm-hmm. see something like that, we'll we'll just pull them off the side and say, hey, "You got one more chance."
1: Yeah,
0: very interesting.
1: Um, how? So you're an instructor for what? Two years? You three, started?
0: three, almost three years. Almost like, it's three did, like, years. Fifteen classes. Jeez. Yeah.
1: Uh, what's it like on the instructor side? Is it pretty? It's fun. <laughs> yeah. What, walk <laughs> us through that. being an instructor.
0: Um, it's fun. It's it's a lot of work. You know, because, I'd imagine
1: you're doing quite a bit. I mean, you're right there with them throughout yeah, the, yeah. the whole process.
0: Yeah. So, you know, depending on how how much staff we have and, you know, it also goes in cycles too. It depends on the leadership that's, uh, that's leading Buds at that time. Mm-hmm. But when I was there, man, it was a lot of fun. We had a great, great unit, great instructors, and it's very focused on, you know, obviously making sure that the right people make through the program um, and the standard is withheld.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: You know, the standard is everything. And we've come in and created that standard so that, you know, it's protected mm-hmm. no matter who is in the program. Uh, and, and they've done a good job. It's just like any organization out there. Of course, some people will squeak through. But later on, if they can make it through a whole week, we've seen that they're trainable. Mm-hmm. So it's like you say, you know, three weeks is a long day. There's more to it. Well, there's more to it. But now we're, we're out of more of the selection. And it's still selection, but we're out of like the crazy – You know um trying to sleep deprive them and all that stuff now we're just because we now we just want to see okay how trainable are they like through their skill sets Mm. right are they comfortable in the water can they maintain comfortability through stressful environments can they shoot can they move can they communicate you know what i mean things like that um but yeah on the instructor side it's fun you know we we get to see all ups and downs of the students and you're really able to identify the ones that you'd want to work with yeah and that's ultimately what we're, what we're looking for is guys that we wanna go down and see. So translate
1: this for me as a na- former Navy SEAL instructor, now to the business world. Yeah. When you sit down and interview someone, across the table from you, and you can't see them through Hell Week, you're, it's, you're in an office building with air conditioning. Walk me through when you interview somebody, you're trying to hire somebody or bring someone on your team, what kind of process do you do? Because you've done a good job with this prior in your prior life with instructing, how does that translate to hiring and maintaining? Let's just talk about hiring people when you're looking at bringing out people to your team.
0: Yeah. Well, I mean, I look for people who have the desire, right? Like it's like, like my, um, when you really look at what the master chief was doing to me, he was just testing my desire. He was testing to see if I really wanted it or if I was just going to talk about it. Mm -hmm. And so I think that there's so many talkers, especially on social media today, Mm -hmm. even these influencers out there, it's like. Dude, you can talk a big game, but it, t- time will always promote or expose you.
2: Mm.
0: And so, you know, when I look at somebody, I just want to—I want to see if they are talkers or if they're doers. And if I end up—if they—if I end up recruiting them or letting them into our, our organization, you know, naturally, because I'm in direct sales, naturally they're gonna expose themselves. Mm. You know, yeah. are you—are you getting on the team trainings? Are you willing to show up? Because you said you wanted to be successful, right? Yeah. But if you're not willing, to go to class, you're not going to pass. You don't go to practice, you're not going to play. Mm-hmm. So, like, are you willing to come, show up to learn and grow yourself? If you're not, then you don't want it. You just, mm-hmm. you just think, you just, you know, acting like you want it. Yeah. What you want is you want to be lazy and you want the results and to get rich quick, but you don't want to do what it takes to get there.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: And life doesn't care about what you want; it cares about your willingness to do what is required. And so, I guess that's when I sit down with somebody. I know not everybody has an ABC mentality. It's just, you know. We're less than 1% of the military for a reason. There's only 2,500 active duty SEALs, mm. you know, to put that in perspective. And I'm not saying we're better or, you know, worse than anybody, but like Green Berets, I think there's like 6,500. Rangers, there's like 14,000
2: if I'm mm. not mistaken.
0: So there's very few of us, mm-hmm. you know, and I'm not expecting this person in front of me to be a Navy SEAL. I'm just expecting them to have certain attributes the biggest
1: one you said was desire.
0: Desire. They're going to have that desire. And, and if they're selfish, if, if it's all about them, then I know they're not going to be, you know, they're not going to be able to help grow a team and lead mm-hmm. a team. Yeah. Because what, what I do is all about, you know, duplication. It's all about creating and duplicating leaders. Mm-hmm. And I, if they're a selfish person, then I, I know they're really only out for themselves. And service to many leads to greatness. If you're the only mm-hmm. willing to serve yourself, <laughs> you're not going to yeah. be very great. Yep. You got to be willing to serve other people and help them win. And the more you help them win, the more you win. Hmm.
1: Really cool. I love it. Um, now I know we talked a lot about seals here. I want to talk about a few other aspects yep. of your life. So uh, you're married now.
0: Yep. How, do you have kids? Yep, so been married now for almost 12 years coming up next month. We have a two and a half-year-old and a seven-month-old. Two wow. girls. God bless me with two girls.
1: Yeah, that's amazing. Congrats, man. Yeah. I got a I got a two just coming up on two-year-old son. Nice right now. We're looking to have a second one soon. So. Wow. so walk me through this. So I it's funny, me and my wife talk about this all the time. I me and my wife have a great relationship. And I come to work and I'm very efficiency driven, just personally. I love I just think about efficiency all the time. I think about how our employees, our companies are working, how to be more efficient. And oftentimes I take that home with my wife and she doesn't really appreciate that much. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And we've had multiple conversations like, honey, you could be way more efficient about this, this, and this. And she's like, Bridget, I don't want to hear it from you. Like, I know, but like, thank you. You know, uh, walk me through, you know, some of your seal background, how it's, how it is for your wife being married to you and other, you know, relationships with someone who marries a high performance seal or just a high performance person in general. But how's, (laughs) how does that translate for you and some of your buddies that you've, you've known throughout the years?
0: Great question, man. Yeah. So when I was a first phase bud instructor, you have to, you have to ask yourself, like, what do we do? Mm. We look for the weak. Mm. We look for the bad. We look for the negative. We're constantly scanning to see what is somebody doing wrong? And then what do we do? We attack it. We're on them right then and there. We're like, you know, yelling at them and making them do extra remediation. And so when I go home, what would be the first thing? Because I caught myself doing this stuff. What's the first thing went through as soon as I get in the door? Why aren't the dishes done? Yeah, I go to work all day and you can't do the dishes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, That didn't go over very well. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> So I got counsel like any smart man would do is find counsel from somebody who has a good marriage,
2: mm-hmm.
0: not somebody who's just another team guy, another mm-hmm. Navy SEAL. Because, you know, it's important to find good mentors who have the results that you want in your life in different areas of your life. It's mm-hmm. not yep. just, hey, go find a SEAL and listen to everything that they say. Like, even stuff I'm telling you guys today, don't just listen to it. Like, let it plant a seed and go find,
2: yep.
0: you know, go find mentors and ask them questions about it or, you know, go seek out information on it, right? Mm-hmm. I think that's the crazy thing about social media today is everybody hears something and like, they believe it. Yeah. It's like, dude, dude, it's gotta do, be true. do some homework. Yeah. <laughs> like, so, yeah, I mean, I, so I got good counsel from mm. another Navy SEAL that I, I highly looked up to that had a great marriage. And he said, Brandon, this is what I do. Let me help you. <laughs> <laughs> he said... Work is work. Home is home. Your guys are your guys. They have their personality, but your wife is your treasured wife. You got to take care of her. He said, when you get home, I want you to sit in your car. I want you to to just take a quick 30 second to a minute breather, put your phone down, turn the radio off, and just tell yourself that, okay, I'm going inside. I'm moving into a new environment. I'm no longer at work, and I'm not going to take my work home.
2: Mm, and just
0: and and like maybe that's a minute for you maybe that's five minutes for you maybe you have to change your state by turning on music not you know heavy metal music but like light Mm, music and loving music that's going to help you feel love again do something that's going to change your state Mm. before you walk through that door it's like i tell my team because you know we're in the direct sales space now and so like what happens is a lot of them are they're, they're doing work while they're with their family and stuff so i said listen Get out of your house, go do your income-producing activities, okay? Go to a coffee shop, go to grab lunch somewhere, go somewhere. When you get home, if you have to park 15 minutes away from your house to make sure you're consistent, maybe this is just for you to be consistent. Mm. Maybe that's when you're you're driving home from work, park you know, 10 minutes away from home, five minutes away from home, 100 yards away from home, find a place to park real quick, get in your income-producing activities, do whatever you got to do, and then walk to the door 100% present with your kids. Don't let them see you walking through the door on your phone. Don't let them see you walk through the door on a three-year call because now they feel like that is more important than Mm, they are. Yeah. And so long story short is through failing a lot, I've gained good counsel and uh, that helped a lot. I love that.
1: (laughs) It's uh, the quote is, your strengths can become your downfall. Listen, this whole paper on this accountants are paid good money and even better money if they can find errors and mistakes Mm. in spreadsheets, in accounting. And But if they do that same thing, that's their strength in their marriage, it will become their downfall. Mm. Same with, you just mentioned the same thing. You're looking for weaknesses. You're looking for, it for me, inefficiencies. And that's a strength in the business world. It is a downfall in my marriage. (laughs) It's something that you have to work through. And I love that concept of park outside before you come home, Reset your state. Tony Robbins talks about this crazy setting your state, what state you're in, drastically controls your whole life. Set your brand new state, walk through that door. And all of a sudden your dad or your husband or your wife, whoever you are, when you walk through that door and put on this new state, And uh, if you can control your states, you can control anything, which is pretty Uh, cool. Hey guys, hope you're enjoying the show. If you're someone that wants to learn more about alternative investing, private equity, hedge funds, venture capital, we just created a brand new group on Discord that all of our Wall Street Rebels around the world are joining. It's called the Wall Street Rebel Insider Community. Go check it out down below. It's an amazing group. I go live in there, we do calls, I do all sorts of AI bots and terminal things and all sorts of cool stuff. So go check it out and get back to the show. Thanks guys.
0: I love that. One thing, and I don't know if you remember, because you were on my podcast, And I asked you afterwards, I said, hey, is there anything I could have done better? So I think that um, one thing that I do, what I've always done my whole life, is I'm super open-minded to feedback and Mm. constructive criticism. And like, you know, today and today's world, people are so soft, a lot of times they get their feelings hurt. But it's like, you know, I have people, sometimes I'll ask my wife, hey, how can I be a better husband? What am I doing that's, am I doing things that are hurting your feelings? Am I doing things? Because my perception, humans were, were inherently selfish. Yeah. We are right. I mean, naturally, we want to serve ourselves, and so I might be thinking that I'm doing something for her that I'm not. Mm-hmm. And so I just we'll go. We do a mandatory date night um, once a once a week, but depending on babysitter, of course. Mm-hmm. But the goal is to have a mandatory date night once a week, to where we can actually go have fun. We used to just go to restaurants, but I I told you, and there was a yep. period in my business where I wasn't having, or my life where we weren't really having fun. We're just yeah. so focused on business. Yeah. And I said, hey, we need to stop. Like we need to go have fun again. Yeah. We go because we, we would do retreats. We do retreats once every six months because we're both alphas. Mm-hmm. She's an entrepreneur. I'm an entrepreneur. Yeah, so yeah. it's like we have to make sure we focus on growing us. And um, and so that that uh, that once a week is really a great reset for us to say, you know, hey, what what am I doing wrong? How can I serve you here? Yeah. And you gotta put down your ego because sometimes, you know, it can hurt some of the oh, conversations. Love
1: that. Something me and my wife have done that's been phenomenal for us. Uh, I started a, a mission for the Church, Church of Christ Latter-day Saints. And on there, they do a thing called companionship inventory. Mm. So me and my wife do this now. And about, I don't know, it's once a month-ish, somewhere in that range, we'll sit down. We do a full finance meeting. So we walk through all of our finances. We break down everything. I make sure we track every credit card, every bank account, every investment account. It's gotten bigger. It's a big, I mean, it takes us 30 minutes. And I get, I'm like, I want an exact number for, and we do all of our liabilities, all of our assets. I want to know my net worth investable asset every single month. So, and I want her to know where it's at too. I want my wife to know where all of our bank accounts are and how to log into them, how to check on them. Cause we have, I don't know, we probably between two of us have 18 credit cards. Nice. I like building my credit through that. And we probably have 12 or 15 bank accounts, you know, and in different investments. And she does this whole thing. And then we pivot to, uh, it's a conversation, two questions. Uh, not two questions, but two thoughts. So I'll sit down and say, honey, this is what I love about you. And I, I give her compliments about all the stuff she's doing. And not just superficial, like deep, actual comments that like, this is something incredible you did. And then I ask for, hey, how can I improve?
2: Mm.
1: And she does the same thing to me. So she gives me compliments on whatever she likes about me. And then she asks, how can I improve? And it's like an open form, we write them down and we, we follow up from last months, what things that we were asked to improve on from each other. And you do this over time and all of a sudden, me and my wife, I, it's, it sounds cliche, we don't, we don't fight. I don't think we fought our entire marriage. Wow. Because we have an outlet, kind of this this interview that we do with each other, where we can bring up stuff that's bugging us. Because typically I've seen, at least in my marriage or another friend's marriage, it's little things that compound that then blow up because you walk in, the dishes aren't done. Or she, you said it was like a comment and it really wasn't the comment, it was the thousand little cuts before that comment. But if you have an outlet where you can actually feel heard and give feedback and receive feedback, and you can't just be, you have to put your ego aside and say, thank you for that. Even if you disagree with the feedback, Hey, how can I improve? And you just discredit. you know what? That's a I'm actually good at that. Thing. You have to just say, Thank you, honey. I have a I've got a weakness here. I'm gonna write that down. I'm gonna work on it. You actually got to show that you're working on the next three weeks before next meeting. And then, anyways, it's been phenomenal for our marriage. We've done that consistently throughout our whole marriage, and it's been it's been really cool. But I'm meeting about once a month, maybe every maybe two months. I'm like, I love that. It's pretty I cool. I love that
0: because we we do that, but it's not that in depth, mm-hmm. you know. So I I'm gonna I'm gonna take some of that. So LDS Church teaches you guys to do that?
1: So on a mission, you have a companion and okay. you, we do that about once a, or once a week. You do that with your companion. You sit down and be like, That's dude, cool. okay. I love you for all these cool things. You're great at this and this. And then here's how you can improve it. Here's an invite for you to try for the next week. Smart. Me and my business partner do this now. So me and Mason, we sit down. It depends on me once a quarter. And Mason, you're doing these incredible things. Here, here's how you can improve. He goes, Bridget, you're doing these great things. Here's a few things you can do. We actually went as far as we tried a, a thing we've been trying to uh, keep, start, stop. Here's things you can keep doing that are really good here's things you should start doing, try some new things out, here's things you should stop doing. So keep start we've tried that one with me and Mason, we've liked that as well. So that's good. But I just whatever you do there's a bunch of different forms. The the yeah. thought of asking for improvement in a in a setting and really asking. Some people will say, "Oh, no, you're perfect." And it's like, "No, you have to give me something. Yes. I'm not leaving this meeting until I get something. It could be big, small, whatever, but give me something I can work on. And this is a free outlet. And if and then also I want you to think cuz we're going to meet again next month. So think about, don't pick me apart every day, but think about it, maybe write down a few things for next month and I'll keep working on it. And over the course of a maybe a year or a decade or a lifetime, we're going to become some pretty polished people. We're going to become very a polished couple. One of those couples that fits together and just works and creates a, a, a holistic team of a family. And So that's, that's the route we're on.
0: So that's what I'm saying. Like you guys, you're sitting here saying, you don't, you guys, you guys have a great marriage. You guys, your cups are full. You have, you don't, you don't argue like, people guys listen to this (laughs) listen to what he's saying every three weeks do what he's telling you guys to do at a bare minimum do it once a quarter you know and and take the principles of what he's teaching you guys I mean dude imagine you do that every three weeks once a month where will you be 12 months from now and
1: it's funny I get invites on stuff that I'm like man I I just never would have thought but it's like okay honey like I respect you I'm gonna work on that
0: yeah and then imagine you know if people did that in every area of their life because tony robbins even says the the, the quality of your life is direct reflection of the quality of the questions that you ask yourself mm. or don't ask yourself most people don't even ask themselves questions yeah. like this so if they do that once a month they take an inventory like i was always taught audit the auditor like in my finances mm. yeah. and so why not have somebody come in and audit like you audit yourself but have somebody else come in and audit it as well like yeah. you're saying i think that's great
1: i love it um so walk me through your your show and your group you guys talk about winning at life in every category of life. So walk me through this methodology, which I actually love. I actually made a video. I think after our podcast, I was like, dude, this is my favorite thing of of how to win in like faith, family, fitness. Like you, and give me the whole methodology though of what you've built with your community and group.
0: So I was throughout my journey to win, I guess you could say, um, I've had a lot of ups and downs in many different areas. I didn't grow up in a family of faith. Mm. And so I've really had to seek out, um, and fail in a lot of different areas of my life. And so I just saw a lot of people who were either really good in business, but then failing in their marriage. Mm, some yeah. Navy SEALs of mine who were amazing Navy SEALs, like some of the best guys in the world, but not good, not as good of husbands as it could be. Or I saw some Navy SEALs who were great Navy SEALs, great husbands, mm-hmm. uh, but then maybe their faith wasn't anywhere where it needed to be. Mm-hmm. So I just saw like, okay, people are very unbalanced today. So I wonder with my... Contacts. One, I want to constantly seek this out because you. I think part of the journey to win is there's never an end destination. Mm. You're always constantly seeking growth in different areas of your life, and so I started out. I said, you know what, I'm just gonna um, try to try to be good in my faith. And initially, it was my faith, family, fitness, and finance. That's really all I focused on.
2: Mm.
0: And but I didn't call it that. I just those are the four areas that I was focused on. And then I had Ian Pruckner, I met him who. Did a multiple eight-figure exit out of an insurance company, and the mm-hmm. guy's incredible with his personal development. He runs another coaching group, and he has five pillars called faith, family, fitness, finance, future self.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: And I was always focused on personal growth,
2: mm-hmm. you know, since yep.
0: twenty fifteen. Like I was, like Jim Rohn said, you got to work twice as hard on yourself as you do your job. Oh yeah, yep. And so I started going out and re- working really hard on myself, man. I'd go to sleep with a headphone in, listen to Jim Rohn, because mm-hmm. I knew like if I could just get my subconscious the mind subconscious, to pick it yep. up. Oh
2: yeah,
0: you know. And so, but you got to keep that hunger. You can't just rest on your laurels of things that you've done in the past. And I've seen entrepreneurs, people in our industry who win a little bit and then they start to have success and then it falls off because Mm. of their mentality. That's the future self, right? Mm. And so I said, okay, if I can put something together where I'm not only teaching people how to do all this stuff. And so he said the five pillars, faith, family, fitness, finance, future self. And then I started thinking, I was like, well, what about fun? Mm. Because... I wasn't having fun for a while and I feel like all oh, these are great, but if you're not having fun, what's, what's life. Yeah. But most people, the problem is they take fun and they put it on pillar number one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> fun faith, you know, uh-huh. and it's like, hold on guys, faith first, family, fitness, because you don't have your health health as wealth
2: mm-hmm.
0: and then finances because you, you got to make money. Stress is a big reason for suicide
2: mm-hmm.
0: and future self, future self. I feel like you're going to, you're going to also develop with faith. So I put mm-hmm. that next and then fun. Yeah. And, and, and then I launched a podcast on it because a podcast is called The Journey to Win. And I wanted to call it The Journey to Win because I want people to know that on, the, on your journey to win, you don't have to be perfect. Perfection is the enemy of progress. It's the enemy of profit. And unfortunately, most people get into analysis paralysis. They sit back. They want to think about everything over and over. They want to get mental momentum, but they never want to do anything. Hmm. It's like, guys, just go get started. You don't have to have like, I love your setup, dude. I walked in. I was like, this is awesome. I want to eventually get to this. Mm-hmm.
1: You should see our first videos. Yeah. It was a crappy camera on a tri- and it was nothing, but we just, you, gotta, you you don't have to be great to start, but you got to start to be great.
0: There it is. That's Love what it's that. about. And so it's like, guys, just get started. Let me just show you. I'll, I'll launch with normal cameras. I'll launch with, I didn't even have a microphone when I first got started, just, just on purpose. Mm-hmm. Of course I could afford all this stuff, but I didn't want it to do. I want to show the journey so people can look back at episode one and say, dang, that's where you started. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, we're on episode, I think, 15 or 16 now. And then I'll start to speed up the process and eventually I'll end up having a studio like this. This is, I like this. This is cool.
2: Yeah. But we
0: travel so much. Only travel. The problem with me having a studio like this is we travel all the time and I'm barely ever home. So that's mm-hmm. going to be my next kind of uh, thing I got to try to figure out. It's funny, the, the thing you brought up about fun. I had a guy
1: come in here, a very successful entrepreneur, actually a guy I look up to. And he would, he'd be a guy... I'm getting. I'm still getting to know them. There's a. There's two people in my life that I look up to in every category of life. Wow. I love this. What you talked about because I. It was funny. I, I found as a getting into business, I have to find mentors. Everyone tells you find a mentor, Jim Rohn, find a mentor. So I found mentors, guys that were rich, and then all of a sudden it shattered my world, that their family was terrible mm-hmm. and they didn't have a good faith, and I was lost for a minute, and I was like, well, this guy was my mentor. But he's, you know, yeah, he's got money, but his family is, I don't, want, I don't want his life. I wouldn't trade his life with mine right now at all. And I had to do some digging. And I thought, you know what? You said this as well. I can still follow that guy for money, finance things. He's a genius at making money. So why don't I just follow him Follow him for financial advice? And then I started to find different mentors, which Jim Ron talks about as well, is building this boardroom. Okay, I'm going to find a mentor for fitness. And yeah, my fitness mentor, I'm probably not going to take financial advice from. But I'll take fitness advice from that guy. And then I'll find a guy that's really good at family. and You know, you go through the whole category. I found two people in my life that have all, all of those categories, in my opinion. One of the guys named Jeff Flam. I've talked about on the show. He's been on the Jeff. show. Do you know Jeff? Jeff's amazing. That guy has, at least in my opinion, I don't know. I mean, I've known him for a number of years now. I mean, I believe he has all categories. That's he's awesome. just one at life. He sold his company for hundreds of millions of dollars. He's got a beautiful five kids. And then he's got amazing grandkids as well. Mm-hmm. When you have generational i um, just posterity that are amazing. That's when I'm like, you've won. Another one's my dad. My dad is a phenomenal human. I believe is one in all these aspects of life as well. Um, anyways, there's another guy though, that came in here that was, uh, it's, he's on my list currently and I'm kind of still feeling him out. I think he's, I think he's got all five, but we'll see. I, I take, it takes me a couple of years. It takes like four or five years to really say that about somebody. And those two guys, I will say that about, but he came and he asked me a very specific question and we did the whole show and he goes, Bridge, are you having fun in here? And I was like, yeah, it's fun. We have a great team. It's like really cool. And we talked for a minute. And then he, on the way out, he goes, Bridger, you actually having fun. And he really looked me in the eye. He said, you having fun doing all this? And I, I, and then I said, I was like, actually, yeah, like I am. And he left. And I thought about that for a while. And I thought about his life. And he'd been growing businesses, done the family thing. And he can get very busy, busy, hectic. You can run businesses that run you into the ground. And I step, stepped back for a minute. And I thought, I thought I'm having a decent level of fun. I was kind of in the middle, like, yeah, super official. Like, yeah, we're having fun. But was I deeply enjoying what I was doing every day? Like, probably not, no. And he I, he asked me that question twice and it really dug into me. And I thought about that for, I, I stayed up at night thinking about this. I thought, what would I change in my life, my day-to-day, my business to make sure I'm having like in a, an amazing amount of fun. And I believe fun, just not like drinking Pina coladas, Like fun is growing and scaling and like doing big things and like, and so I actually adjusted a lot of things in my business so that I, Bridger, would have a, just a blast doing this. And I would write in my journal and my, hopefully my great grandkids one day will dig up my journal and be like, dude, Bridger had a phenomenal, back, back in the 2020s, way back then in the 2020s, dude, he was having a blast. They were doing this deal and then this thing and then yeah, stuff goes wrong, but they made it through and they did this, you know, this whole thing. And it really changed my perception on my business. I ended up hiring a CEO. We brought in a CEO to run. I promoted a guy in my group to be a CEO of our company. We have about 50 employees. And I was able to do other things that I would perceive as more fun with as we grow this, what we see as an empire. It was a very interesting question. I love that you've added that to your to your column and pillars
0: there. Yeah, so important, man. And I love that. I think that's great. I think, what a great question. Hmm. You know, yeah. talk about great mentors. Great mentors ask great questions. Hmm. And here he is. He's looking and he, And... It, have you ever had, clearly, clearly you've You've had this because you, you just did it. But for the listeners, you have to ask yourself, like if you've ever had a good coach or somebody in your life literally stop you in your tracks and ask you a question like that, look in your eyes, like it pierces you. Hmm. It makes you go deep and say, hmm. And those questions are what can really pivot and make ma- major changes in your life. So, Have you had a few of those? Yeah. Do you remember any of them? Yeah, I've had... Um, I mean, I don't remember the specific question, but I remember I've had numerous coaches sit, you know, ask me like, "Hey, you know, are you and your wife happy? Are you guys mm-hmm. really doing good, or are you guys just on social media? You know, are you guys? I see you guys traveling all the time. Are you guys really like uh, enjoying life, or are you just all focused on business? You know, mm. so it's not that it's not that he thought one way or the other. It's just that he's trying to make sure that I'm on the right track. You know." And I think those are all great questions that people should be asking.
1: Hmm. Yeah, I love that. Um, different topics here, different questions. Any, um, well, we actually, at the beginning, to kind of bring this full circle, at the beginning, we talked about mentors. You talked about Co- um, uh, Michael Jordan and then mm-hmm. Allen Iverson. Are the people today that you still use almost as, a, as a, su- or a surrogate of their mentality or how they live life that you aspire to be or live up to be and maybe some of those mentors on your list that you have today?
0: You say name some of them? Yeah. Uh, from when I was younger. No,
1: from now. Oh, like so who those, they are now? Yeah, who are they at
0: now? Ah. yeah, it's great. Um, I have a lot, man. Mm. You know, like you said, there's a lot of people that I follow for certain things. Mm. Um, obviously Ed Milet is going to be, you know, a top guy that I follow because of his integrity, because of what he's done in life. I mean, the guy's worth almost a billion dollars, uh, but he's got a great marriage. He's he's able. He's one of the most transformative speakers I've ever met, who can literally have you excited, happy, and then crying in a couple minutes. Oh, yeah. You're like, dude, this guy's incredible. He was our
1: last <laughs> event in Miami. We had him and it was, it was that exact thing. It was really cool.
0: I mean, as a speaker, like, phew, dude, he's powerful.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, and then Alex Ramozzi, I know is one of your good friends as on the entrepreneurship side. Um, actually there's a team guy's wife, Cody Sanchez. She's amazing. Mm-hmm. I've don't know if you heard of her. Oh, yeah. That girl is a beast. Yeah. She's doing well. My mentor, I have a mentor from Dubai is almost a billionaire. And he's like, Hey, who's this Cody girl? Have you heard of her? And I was like, Dude, she's married to a former team guy. Yeah. Like, what? Yeah. And so she's incredible on, on the entrepreneurship side. Yeah. Um, obviously the Bible for Jesus. I think that's the great, the greatest self and self development and leadership book in the world. Mm-hmm. If people would just read it and follow it, even if you're not a follower of Jesus and a follower of Christ, like people should still read it for the for the principles of life. Mm-hmm. Like it can it's not gonna fail you. Mm-hmm. Um Jim Rohn I always go back to Jim Rohn. You know, you you talked about the board members, Napoleon Hill, Yeah, Think and Grow Rich. Yeah, I mean, those are all the greats, right? Yeah. So I I don't. To me, I just I find mentors. I don't try to reinvent the wheel. I don't try to read a thousand books. I try to read one book a thousand times and really mm-hmm. master it. And that's Think and Grow Rich. That's one of my. That's why I knew right away. Mm-hmm. That's cool. one of my like other personal development Bibles. Um, you know, Bob Proctor, he was mm-hmm. my mentor before he passed away. Um, awesome the dude. Secret,
1: dude. His So it's funny, I didn't know who he was at all. In fourth grade, they came out with that movie, The Secret. So he wrote the book called The Secret.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And they came out that it was like an hour, hour and a half documentary on The Secret. And as a fourth grader, for whatever reason, my mom or dad got a copy of that and we watched it. And I, I remember watching it multiple times. And it had this concept of, you just envision what you want, and You would, the law of attraction. You attract what you want to your life. And I remember, I literally remember it was fourth grade. I was like, dude, if you want a Ferrari, just like do these visualization, like it's and affirmations, and it's all the cheesy stuff people make fun of. But it was like, man, this kind of works, you know. And I started to do that as a fourth fourth grader, and then a fifth grader, and then a sixth grader, and uh, it was actually very impactful on my life.
0: I'll never forget it. I was when I was wanting to be a seal. So going backwards, mm-hmm. this is why I know that to be true. I wanted it so bad but you can't just want something you have to like, you have to want it from the core of your being. You have to be able to get involved with the feeling of it and everything. And so that's where I think the law of attraction could do a better job of explaining that. It's not just thinking, we just actually have to like, and and, and, and tune that with your feelings.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: It was in Virginia Beach at Little Creek. I, I was still in the process of being very unsure if I was gonna get a contract or not. It's like midnight, um, it was on my day off, but I went running. And it was on the beach, right on the right on the water, and it's probably forty degrees, just pissing rain,
2: hmm.
0: hard, and hmm. I'm freezing, and I'm in shorts and a long sleeve shirt, and I'm literally crying, hmm. I'm literally sitting there crying to God. I'm like, why, why will you not let me go to buds? I, I I'm doing everything that I can, and then I just started. Telling myself I'm gonna make it happen. I'm gonna to get to Buds. Hmm. Like this is gonna happen. I started envisioning myself being there, going through the training as I'm running. So my body's at an elevated, you know, energy state. Hmm. I'm visualizing myself going through the training, being on the beach in Coronado yeah. with the same environment, yeah. but but with people behind me. You know hmm. what I mean? Like like other students. Yeah. And then crazy enough, like not long after, all that stuff started falling into place.
2: Hmm. So uh, that's how I know
0: it's true. Yeah. And then that's happened in many other many I've, other instances. I've
1: never seen someone f- fully commit to something with their bind, mind, body, and soul and not be successful. Right. Whether it's fitness, whether it's a career, whether it's a marriage, whether whatever it is, I've never seen someone fully commit to them to something and fail. Yeah. Now I see people half commit to things or kind of want it but don't want it. But I've it's 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 what's crazy about what you just told is that's not an uncommon tale in life. When people want something so bad, they get it. And as much as scriptures inside, I love reading the Bible and things that I, and it's it's biblical. It is, it is throughout history that this is the human experience that whether you believe in God or the universe, or whatever, or the law of attraction, whatever you wanna call it, pulls things that you want. That's why I'm a big believer in, like I said, you gotta taste it, you gotta feel it, you gotta touch it, you gotta be in the environment, you gotta be around, it, you gotta bring your mind, body, and soul. The bigger question is, what do you actually want? Mm-hmm. Is the thing you want actually a righteous good desire? And that is a long road of reflection. And it's when you back up to this and you actually believe I can have anything I want in this world. Anything. So what do I actually want? Because most people are superficial, like, oh, I want to win the lottery or I want money. 70% of lottery winners wish they never won the lottery. These are these are 10, they won over 10 million dollars. 70% say they wish they never would have won the money. The money was, they were worse off after winning the money than they were before the money. Okay, so, and then it ruins families, ruins relationships, a lot of things. Going to Bud's, right? There's There could have been a thing. I don't know if you believe in God, but maybe God was protecting you. Hey, if you go to Bud's, this is going to potentially ruin your life, right?
0: Looking back at it, God's delays aren't God's denials. Mm -hmm. He's just seeing... You know, he's literally just testing you to see if you really want it. And he's yeah. also he's also probably giving you time. He was probably giving me time to grow and really, really develop mm. to the core route that I really what wanted. to like, yeah. give me really big reasons rather than just going the easy route of, from boot camp straight there. Yeah. Who knows if what I would have made it through or not? Mm. But he made me like really drive in my plant, my flag in concrete of knowing exactly why I wanted to be there yep. and then make me fight every inch to get there. Of course, you're not quitting. Yeah. You ain't quit you're, at that you're point. going to be, yeah.
1: So back to that question of what do you actually want? You'll get it. But what do you actually want? That's a big question. You asked me on this show, I'm going to ask you. Yeah. So how would you define that? You, you asked me a question, like, how would you define success? Now, let's just say the same thing with that, that end result, the thing if that you really want to happen with your life. Yeah. You define that for us.
0: Yeah. I think, you know, it's funny when you actually said that, that actually, you put like a view, I guess, kind of to words of what I've always thought. I think to me, winning is is many different things. Like I said earlier, if you're gonna win, you have to know that winning isn't just a one day thing. It's yesterday's home runs don't win tomorrow's games. Like you have to wake up and win every day in every different area of your life because the, the weeds are gonna come in and take over your garden if you don't. They're constantly growing. You're either moving forwards or going backwards in life. There is, you cannot drift to the top of your marriage. You can't drift to the top of your business. You can't drift. Gravity is naturally pulling you down. And, and I've been at the top of my career before to where I became a Navy SEAL and that wasn't enough because I didn't have the next ridgeline, right? So yeah. I've seen it and witnessed this stuff firsthand to say there always has to be another ridgeline that you're trying to, another mountain that you're trying to climb. Yeah, And so I think winning is constantly, you know, not being comfortable with where you're at, being, being happy, being, you know, um, grateful for where you are, And knowing that you're blessed but at the same time always striving to continue to grow into Mm -hmm. new areas and and ultimately like you said with the family side of it to me it's like dude if you're having generation like jeff jeff is if you're having generational family like when you can look down to your grandchildren like you said and see where they're, they're great incredible awesome people yeah and that, yeah when they're great in their faith when they're great with their family when they're great in their fitness when they're great in their finance and all that stuff and you can just see what you've duplicated i mean that is in of itself that would be a huge win mm-hmm. but to me i know like i've been i've been great in business i've been great in finances i've been great in all these other areas and my fitness started to slag so i wasn't the happiest me mm-hmm. version of me so i know that in order for me to continue to be the happiest version of me, it's that I have to continue to have challenges. I have to mm-hmm. continue to strive. I have to, I'm a, I'm a hunter. Mm-hmm. You know, if I was in a tribe, I wouldn't be somebody that's just sitting back. I'd yeah. be out there hunting. Yeah. So I need to be out hunting new things, whether it's uh, personal growth or yeah. new ventures or having fun or whatever.
1: Tony Robbins talks about uh, the, um, the top two is what he says is success. You got to be growing, which you mentioned. Growing in any aspect of your life, but growth. Whether you're a billionaire, or whoever, if you made it all, you need to be growing. The other one is contributing. If you grow and contribute, you feel a, a ten times alive. Yeah. If you're doing those two things, which is a, a cool way to look at life. Man, I want to
0: one day. I want to give back. My goal, my ultimate big goal, literally, is to make a six figure. And I know it sounds crazy, but a like six figure, not six figure money, like uh, like 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 six figure. Um, sorry, six digit, million digit, invest uh, 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 charity donation to sex trafficking. Mm, really cool. That's that's my ultimate big massive one day goal. You wanna do that goal, yeah. Oh, Wait, yes. sorry, six figure or seven figure? Well, yeah, so o- over six digits, dollars. yeah. Six digit millions, of do- like a like hundred million dollars.
1: Oh, like a hundred million dollars yeah. or more. Oh, okay, okay. So I guess nine digits, but yeah, six, yeah, yeah. Uh,
0: you know what I mean? Yeah, so nine, uh, figure. nine, nine figures,
1: yeah. Cool, yeah. okay.
0: How That's so what I want. Hundred million dollar donation to a charity. Wow, really cool. That's yeah. awesome. I don't know which one is going to be yet. I mean, I like O U R, but yeah, um, I know there's some other really good ones. I can t- there's another team guy that runs another one, and it's he, he takes care of things here in the U S.
1: Have you looked on going on any of those ops, or have you had guys go on some of those? Because they do missions. They'll take people down. They do these kind of stings with former military, former. Yeah, I, I'm ops. gonna I'm
0: gonna do. I will do some here here within the next couple of years for cool. sure.
1: Well, I connect you guys too? We, we've had yeah. OER in the last two events. We've raised, I think, 200000 dollars for him the last two events we've done. And we've had Tim last two weeks or yeah. uh, at the last two events speaking at our stuff. So like I cool. know I follow Sean.
0: Sean's done a couple. yeah, uh-huh. And he's kind of inspired me to want to want to step up and do a few. So I yep. like that he's doing that. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I don't know which one I would do so
1: yet. They asked me to come on one because we did this whole thing. He said, Oh, you should come to our mission. Like, help me I'd come down. I said, I said, I would love to come. I just I don't know. Like I have a, I am a terrible liar. Like, I just cannot lie. Yeah. I get red faced. I'm a yeah. terrible poker player. And I was like, dude, don't, like, I'll be in the back, though. Like, I'll be just train me, at least practice. I don't want to be, I don't want to ruin this whole operation. Put me in the back, though, with the computer. I'd love to come. But I kept telling the guys, like, man, I am an awful liar. Like, I cannot lie. And so, anyways, and you see these, you know, these missions where they're going and buying kids and they're, you know, they are, they're going, they're undercover as traffickers going down and
0: doing this whole thing. And yeah. Did and you watch Sound of Freedom? Oh,
2: yeah. I don't know how
0: he did that, man, like how he kept his cool. Like that's, that's the, that's the question. I mean, I know there's a bigger purpose. So you got to keep your cool Mm -hmm. because you can, you can help way more by keeping your cool. But man, I talked about, I have two girls. Oh Oh, yeah. yeah. I mean, I got, you know, as soon as I watched that video, that hit harder than ever because of those two girls. So I don't, I don't know. I guess that's my point is I got to figure out (laughs) what, what involvement can I really be without like going to prison?
1: Yeah. Well, I'm sure, yeah, and then especially in Utah, there's a lot of guys. We've, we've known how you are for about a decade now. Donating to help them out and all this stuff since Tim began. Nice. And just all the stories from the guys, him and the guys going on missions, it, it is a, they have multiple stories where they wanted to just, they're like, I want to kill this person in front of me. Like, they're across the table negotiating the sale of and Like, let's just, they're, they have this moment. There's a couple guys, like, I I had to, like, grab, they had to grab their leg or whatever. Mm. Like, they were ready to just, like, just destroy this guy in front of them they had to keep their cool because they have to have you know whatever all the, the whole mission depends on them yeah. keeping their cool but man that would be tough
0: yeah that would, be, that would be one of the hardest challenges I think there.
1: the one guy said he was there and the uh it was a it was a lady he was in a with a lady and he was they were trying what they try to do is they're trying to get as many kids as possible, right? Oh how many kids you got can you bring them in? We want to buy a lot of kids. They're always trying to see where the kids are held. They're just trying to find all the information. And he goes, well what? And he always, you know, okay, I want the, the younger the better. That you know, that's what they're always saying. They're trying to get the youngest kids and the, the most they can get. And the lady had, I think, two kids, her own children, with her and said, Oh, you can take my two kids. And offered up her two kids that were with her And right now, oh just take my kids. They're they're good. Just take do whatever, bring them back in a couple of days. And he just said, What a like what a low sick just person, a so- parent that's literally going to give me their two kids right now for a couple dollars. It was it's like hundred, it's, it's it's not, it's not that much money. It's, so, and so, it's just insane. So I had,
0: you know, Remy Adelecki, uh-huh. he's a former Navy SEAL and went in Hollywood. He produced a, a free YouTube movie called The Unexpected on mm-hmm. human trafficking. And he did an OUR mission with those guys down mm-hmm. in Haiti. And he, uh, he said, he witnessed that. And that was one challenge that he had was like, why are these people selling their children off. And he said, his handler saw that he was so distraught, so thrown off by it that he literally pulled him aside, said, "Remy, come over here. Grabs him, says, hey, let's go over this, to this church. Goes into the church and he says, you see that baby? Baby just died. Mom's like crying, everybody's crying. He's like, the mom is so poor, she she couldn't feed, she didn't have enough milk to feed the baby. So she had to put the water, mixing in with local water and it killed the baby. Mm-hmm. She has five other kids. He goes, I'm not justifying it. I'm just gonna make this easier for you. The reason why they sell the kids is because that one kid is now, you know, taking taking care of the five other kids. Mm, interesting. Financially. And he's like, it made it easier. It didn't make it right. It just made it a little bit easier for me to not, you know. He said it would be yeah, interesting. Was.
2: Hmm. I don't I don't wild. think it's right either way, yeah. but yeah, still pretty crazy.
0: Yeah, pretty
1: wild. Um, okay, you've been on here for a long time. It's good to have you on. I want to ask you two final questions. Good. Okay. Uh, second last one is how do people get in touch with you, follow you? What's the best spot to find you?
0: Yeah, so you can go to brandonthornhill.com. Um, you can also go to at the Brandon Thornhill on Instagram. Um, follow me on Facebook. DM me, guys. I mean, I'll, I'll message you. I'm not okay. like some of these big influencers who you know are so cool and they don't message you. Like, I'll get back to you. <laughs> cool.
1: I love it. It's Brandon Thornhill. Go yeah. looking up on Instagram. Final question I love to ask people this question. Um, if this was your last interview you ever did, this is what you were remembered for. And I'm going to give you the mic for about 1 minute. And if I so the question is what is the most important thing you would like to leave with this audience or with the world if this was your last interview you ever did. One of my favorite things I'll give you a second to think about it, reading scripture, you read these ancient texts. I love reading the dying testimony of people of a prophet or a person. Like what was their last speech or their dying testimony their last words they engraved on like a papyra or something right and those are always very if you look through scripture or ancient texts it's very powerful when you look at those so if you could treat that as this is your dying testimony or dying word what would you say so i want to interrupt you and i give you a little second to think about it here but with that brandon thornhill
0: yeah i just think that most people you know they worry so much about the opinions of other people that they never get started on the dreams like they say the the most dreams in the world or in a cemetery because they've, mm. they've all died with them. And I think that, you know, all of us, you know, even just me coming to here to, to this podcast, some people would be so scared that they wouldn't come, mm. right? It's like, they're so afraid of what other people might think. And I'll just tell you that most of the time you guys, you're living your life based off what you think they think you are. And you don't really know that. So stop making assumptions of what you think everybody's thinking and just get out there and be you and do you and and live your life. And, um, you know, so that's, that's number one. Number two, I would say is, you know, if everybody's doing one thing in society, (laughs) you have to ask yourself what narrative is being played off on the backside.
2: Hmm.
0: Um, I mean, I'm not trying to get too crazy into politics here, but what I'll say is, you know, think of every different, you know, governing power out there. They all have propaganda warfare. They're all playing the media. So if you're somebody that's literally watching the media and you're believing everything that you're seeing, you have to ask yourself, how is that serving you so far?
2: Hmm.
0: Negativity spreads six times faster than positivity. Fear, you know, FUD, fear, uncertainty, and doubt is always going to sell. So they're always going to pass it on to you. So what you need to do is do the opposite. Typically, I always look for other trends of if if some, if, if everybody's going one way, I'm saying, Hey, what's going on on, on the backside over here? What are they doing on this mm-hmm. side? Because yeah. as let's even just for example, blockchain, you know, they're, everybody's bashing blockchain but vcs are pumping billions of dollars into the blockchain mm-hmm. so so how is that bad blackrock's bashing blockchain but then now they're saying bitcoin is digital gold
2: mm-hmm. it's like
0: guys you have to understand that we don't be a puppet in life mm-hmm. to these you know elites because they're going to play you every day of the, of the week so that they can you know fatten their pockets even more so i would just say like those two things don't don't You gotta stop caring about the opinions of everybody else and and you gotta start living life on your terms Mm -hmm. and number two is you gotta stop playing by society's rules because if you do what's normal you get normal results and normal results are broke broken you know unhealthy disease-ridden overweight uh i can go on and on Mm -hmm. you know divorce and you know guys if all that stuff's happened to you it's okay but just don't stay there like make a decision today to move forward and, and and start finding other great mentors like Bridges talking about and, um, and really seeking the Bible says, seeking, you you shall find, seeking out answers in your life of, you know, if you're trying to get somewhere, how do you, how's the fastest way you can get there and who can help you get there?
1: Hmm. I love that.
0: Brandon Thornhill, everybody go follow him on Instagram. Thank you for
2: having, thank you for coming on. Yeah. Amazing. You go check him out. Thank you for coming on, brother.
0: Thanks man. Thanks for having me. It's a good time.